In your Bibles, please, for our second reading to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And Moses went and spake all these words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I am an hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, And he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did unto Sihon and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is, that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua, and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the son, the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years... In the solemnity of the year of release in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law. And that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as ye live in the land whither ye go over Jordan to possess it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thy days approach that thou must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud, and the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and will forsake me. And break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day. And I will forsake them. And I will hide my face from them. And they shall be devoured. 
and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought, in that they are turned unto other gods. Now therefore write ye this song for you, and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers that floweth with milk and honey, and they have have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, then will they turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination which they go about even now before I have brought them into the land which I swear. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge saying, Be strong and of a good courage. For thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. And it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book until they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. For I know thy rebellion. And thy stiff neck, behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord, and how much more after my death. Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. For I know that after my death ye will utterly corrupt yourselves, And turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days, because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And Moses spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel the words of this song until they were ended. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. We'll have to wait for the words of that song until next week, Lord willing. All right, so chapter 31 of Deuteronomy, we have a new address, one of the final addresses of Moses. Then he will write the song, and then he will bless the people of God in chapter 33, and then in chapter 34, Moses will climb Mount Nebo for the last time. So this is where we are in the book of Deuteronomy. All right, so Moses tells them that he's 120 years old and he can no longer go out and come in before them. There's a, there's a verse subsequent to this where it says that Moses, the servant of the Lord, died at 120 years of age. His eye was not dim, neither was his natural force abated. You'll remember that. That when Moses went to his death at 120 years, certainly Moses would have said, I'm not the man I used to be, yet the writer, probably Joshua, said that Moses was still good enough to go with them. 
Moses did not go into the land of promise because he was not physically able to go into the land of promise. Moses did not go into the land of promise because he strove with the Lord at the waters of Meribah, right? And he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock as the Lord told him, and he refused to sanctify the Lord in the eyes of the people. And so all of those years of faithfulness, Moses teaches us something, doesn't it? Doesn't he? That uh, in a moment, in a moment's indiscretion, we may cost ourselves something for many years hence. So it is important then uh, that we watch over ourselves at all times and that we have others to help us watch over ourselves because none of us are objective in our own case, are we? All right, so the other thing that they are to remember here is that Moses wasn't going to live forever. There was going to be a succession and it was going to be Joshua. And that's something that there is to remember that that this pastor is not going to last forever. And that pastor is not going to last forever. That the Lord is faithful to raise up men from generation to generation to continue his word from generation to generation. Um, the graveyard is full of indispensable people. Right? Indispensable, that is, in their own eyes or sometimes even in the eyes of others. But not in the sight of God. Okay, so... There is a true succession here, and so there are two things that are said about that succession. It's important for us to remember. First of all, uh, to the people of God, be strong and of a good courage. The Lord will bring you into the land. To Joshua, be strong and of a good courage, for you will lead the people into the land. Can, Can I say it this way? It is not possible for Joshua by himself to go do what needs to be done in Canaan. One man cannot uh, conquer the seven tribes of, of the Canaanites. But it is also not possible for the people of God to go over into the land of Canaan without the leader of God's choosing and conquer the seven tribes of Canaan. They need Joshua, and Joshua needs them to do the work that God has laid out before them. And so in that succession plan, <clears throat> there is something that we have already seen. Moses couldn't do it alone. The people can't do it alone. The leadership of the church and the membership of the church must cooperate in the advancement of the kingdom of God. That seems pretty straightforward an application that rises up off of this passage. So be strong and of a good courage, that is in verse 6, and then be strong and of a good courage in verse 7. One spoken to the people and one spoken to Joshua and all at the behest of God who says to them, uh, both of those parties, that it is the Lord that is fulfilling his promises. That's really where they will have the victory. And so they need, uh, they need to unite themselves together and follow the leading that the Lord would have them to, uh, to hear. Now we come down to verse 9, and we have a little bit of a shifting gears. And this is a, one of those wonderful passages. It's like candy. Uh, you like candy, right? I like candy. Candy's a good thing, right? Well, except for too much of it. But you can't get too much of this. What is it that we can't get too much of? That God not only <clears throat> spoke by way of his prophets, but he preserved his word as well. This is a very important passage for that. Moses wrote down everything that God told him. This is going to be the Pentateuch, except for maybe a few verses toward the end of it. And 
we believe that Joshua will append those verses to Moses' writing. And this will be laid up. It'll be kept. It'll be written so that it might be preserved. And it'll be preserved in and with the Ark of the Covenant. And so, beloved, this is a wonderful passage that reminds us that God has not left us, number one, without a word, but also without its preservation. We had a sermon series just a little while back on the authorized version and why we use it and the preservation of Scripture, generally speaking. This is one of those passages that we turn to. So Moses wrote this law. Now, there are liberal (coughs) Old Testament scholars, very educated men, Actually, I believe they've educated themselves right out of orthodoxy. And they believe that Moses uh, lived in an age where nobody wrote anything. That it was, you know, if anything, hieroglyphs. Or that certainly there was no writing instruments, no tools, no scrolls, nothing like that. Well, they stand at odds with the Spirit of God who spoke by Moses here. Moses took all that God had given him. This is Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now Deuteronomy all the way through except for the last couple of verses. And he wrote it down and it became a record that was to be kept with the Ark of the Covenant. It was as valuable to them as that Ark was that it was kept with the Ark, that it might be there as a witness to them at all times. What a wonderful thing that is. And so we have that same scripture, those very things that Moses wrote In the Hebrew that Moses wrote them, translated now into our English language, that we may hear and understand what God spoke to Moses. Does anyone remember what year Moses was writing in, approximately? Well, the Exodus was probably sometime around 1447 or 1450 B.C. So that is approximately 36 Hundred years ago. How many other writings from 3,600 years ago can you say have exploded to be read all over the world in all kinds of languages and so on? Well, obviously we can't do that. There's nothing else like that. Even a disinterested and unbelieving observer would be forced to say something like, wow, that's at least something extraordinary there. At least that. Of course, we say it's much beyond that because we have the Word of God to tell us exactly what it is. The prophet Isaiah in 59.21, the Lord said through his prophet that the word that I put in your mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed from henceforth and forever. This is my covenant with you, the Lord said. So here we have a wonderful Uh, reminder of the Lord's providential preservation of his word. But it's not just to be kept up, an empty book never to be read. Every seven years, when all of the people in their Sabbath of years appear before the Lord, read them the Bible. Read them everything, that they will all stand, the children, the servants, the mothers, the fathers, that they will all come into town and that they will all hear the Bible read. Now keep in mind in those days they didn't have a Bible they could take home with them. Moses had just, read, had just written the first copy. They didn't have Zondervan. <laughs> they didn't have the TBS. They didn't have Thomas Nelson. 
They didn't have those publishing houses. They had one man who wrote what God put in his ear. And that's all they had. And so they were to come to where that word was. Notice how valuable that word was. That they were to come to where it was to hear it. That they may learn to do all that the Lord had commanded them. Alright, so now in verse 14. 14 and 15. There's going to be a proper handoff, a proper transition of, of the spiritual custody of the people of God from Moses to Joshua. And seeing that God was moving in those days in a way that he doesn't move today, that is in an extraordinary or, or miraculous fashion. Remember Moses' face shone and other things like that. The Lord will make it absolutely plain so that there is no dispute Who will be the successor? So Moses and Joshua go up to the tabernacle and the Lord appears in that pillar of cloud and Joshua is given a charge. That's not an electrical current. (laughs) He's given given a commandment. He's given a responsibility. He is given uh, that, uh, that leadership over the people. The Lord installs him that day as the successor of Moses. Then in verse 16... The Lord says to Moses, you're going to uh, go to your grave now with your fathers. You're going to climb Mount Nebo and die there. And we learn a little bit about Moses here, don't we? What do we learn about Moses? That he is a stalwart and obedient servant of the Lord. The last thing that the Lord gives him to do is something that perhaps wouldn't have been his own choice. What is one of the last things that Moses is given to do? Write a song of cursing for the children of Israel and teach it to them so that when they turn away from me, they will have that witness in their ear that they're getting the cursing that was threatened to them when they turned away. And we note also that Moses took out his pen once again and then he wrote out Deuteronomy chapter 32 obediently may not have been the most pleasant duty as a pastor as a shepherd that Moses had ever done but Moses toward the end of his life well we might say that seeing that the Lord was his portion he was able to deal with many disappointments he didn't get to go into the land he heard that his people were going to apostatize he was to write them a song of witness in their own ears and teach it to them about their own apostasy. Yet Moses rose to the task. And then what do we see in chapter 33? We see Moses rising even higher and blessing the people of God. Because even the Lord's cursings of his people are for their good and ultimately for their blessing. So it's an amazing passage when you think about it from that perspective in that Moses in this last charge that he is given to do for the people It is to write this witness song. So that in verse 24, And it came to pass when Moses had had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book until they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck, Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, you have been rebellious against the Lord, and how much more after my death. 
And then he's going to gather the elders and he's going to speak this final warning into their ears in chapter 28. There's one more point I want to make and then I'll be done with chapter 31. And that is this. Notice in verse 24, it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book, quote, until they were finished. Not a word was left out. Moses at 120 years of age was up to the task that God had given him because as a prophet of the Lord, he was strengthened by the Lord and he wrote and wrote and wrote until all was finished. Not a word of God will ever fall to the ground. Right? All right, with that then, let's stand and continue praising.